morning, everyone. It's great to see you all. We haven't been in church for a few weeks, and it felt like a really long time. Um, and I'm just really happy to be back and to see you all today. Thank you for joining us um, in person, and thank you those of us or those of you who are able to join us online. Um, we're really glad that you're there, and please don't forget to just say hello or leave us a comment so we know that you're there. Um, we love seeing that you're with us and spending time with us this morning. Um, so I am here to pick up the next section of Colossians, and that will get rolling. Um, have you ever walked into a room and wondered, why did I walk in here? Anyone? I've definitely done that. Um, have you ever started working on a project, either with school or at work, um, that you're really excited about, but then something came along and you got distracted and it didn't get done? I've also been, these are all like personal experiences of mine that I was able to share. Or maybe you've gotten into an argument and you went around and around and around and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what are we arguing about? What is, what is the thing here? Um, or have you ever wondered, where is my life headed? Or what is my purpose? So all of these things, like I said, have come from personal experience. Um, but it's easy to go through the motions and fall prey to the many distractions that life offers us to make us feel busy, but not fulfilled. It's easy to miss the main thing. When we talk about the book of Colossians, a little backstory, it was written by the disciple Paul while he was in prison to the church of Colossae, which was started by his co-worker Epaphras. And Epaphras had come to visit Paul in prison to say hello and had shared with him that while the church was doing pretty well, um, it was experiencing many cultural pressures to turn away from Jesus. So Paul, he's in prison and he's an encourager, he writes them a letter. And he writes them a letter of encouragement to not succumb to these pressures, to keep the main thing the main thing, to stay on target. So the purpose of going through the book of Colossians is that we can glean some of this wisdom from Paul, who, who is passing on this encouragement to the church on how to realign, how to watch for when the culture is telling us to turn right, but Jesus is actually telling us to turn left. And I think that worked out for me because I did it for you and not for me because my right and left totally got mixed up. <laughs> That's a great start, right? So <laughs> this week, we're doing a bit of an identity check. Um, but before we do that, I would like to pray for us. God, we're here to seek your face. At the end of the day, that's what we're here to do. So I just ask you today for myself and my friends here with me today that you would just show us your face because that is all we need. In Jesus' name, amen. So the verse that I wanted to focus on today is Colossians 1, um, 21 through 23, and you'll be able to follow along with me on the screen. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, 
and free from accusation if you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Paul paints a very strong and vivid picture here of who we were and who we are now. He uses very strong language between alienated, alienated <laughs> enemies and evil behavior and then holy without blemish and free from accusation. So let's break that down a little bit. Let's start with who we were, humanity without Jesus. This is referring to before we said yes to Jesus when we were or are separated from God, living in darkness. And sometimes the darkness doesn't even feel like darkness. The world has this way of making darkness seem like light. Things like success and independence and busyness and a big house and a very spiritually open worldview. Tons of social media contacts and likes or a, an active social life. In the darkness, we have our own human compass to rely on, which even in its best efforts are still human. They're limited in impact, limited in wisdom, limited in healing. We're only shaped by the events and relationships in our stories. They alone create the lens of which we interact with the world. And in our humanness, there's nothing we can really do to ever be good enough. Has anyone here ever had an opinion? An opinion, lots of them. So has it ever been different than somebody else's? Yes? I'm sure you all think exactly the same, right? <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, but there is a wide array of opinions flying around chaotically in this world. Every compass of what is acceptable is different. Every truth is different. And to persevere through challenges, toward dreams, we rely on our own strength and what the universe has to offer. We live in darkness. Now, I know many of you have a similar story to myself where we grew up in church, and I accepted Christ at a young age. I went to camps and Sunday school and lived a pretty balanced life. There was no before Jesus and after Jesus, but it was more of a following Jesus and not following Jesus. For me, I particularly lived a pretty double life in high school and college where I wanted to follow my friends and I made a lot of bad decisions for myself and I still went to church and camps and I didn't really say a lot of curse words and the but the life I was living was not a life fully surrendered to God now in all of his grace and goodness he let me make my choices, but eventually through several encounters with him and some people that he had strategically placed in my life, I had this series of moments in my 20s where I began to realize that the things I needed, there, there were things that I needed to give up in order to follow him. Things that were leading me down a road of not God and darkness. But then Jesus happens in the story. And we have the opportunity to move from darkness to the light. And we can fix our eyes on this unchanging truth and target. There's this reconciliation that was made through Jesus. Who Jesus, as the son of God, came to earth to live a perfect life and gave himself up on a cross to sacrifice as the sacrifice needed to reconcile us to God. The Greek word for reconciled, kateyaso, I'm pretty sure I'm 
close to saying it right, maybe not, (laughs) means changed completely or an exchange for or the bringing together of two things that were separated. We experience reconciliation and can begin to walk in the light through Jesus. So that's who we were. That's what happened. So now who are we? So life is always full of bad choices and negative self-talk and bad habits, things like addiction and pride or gossip, not feeling good enough, being lazied and loose-tempered, not feeling like a good mom or dad, or that it's too late, or that you are broken. But what Paul told the church of Colossae so many years ago and tells us today is that we are holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation. He doesn't see you as broken. He doesn't see any of the bad choices you have made. He doesn't see your shortfalls. He sees the beauty that comes from the ashes and through a relationship with Jesus. He calls you by name and he says, come into my presence. I've changed everything. All you have to do is come into my presence. He sees us as beloved daughters and sons. He sees us as full of life and purpose. We are fully accepted, not because of who we are, but because of what he's done. He has created a path for us to be completely transformed, holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation. So take a big, deep breath. For real, that's not just a line. Take a big, deep breath. That's good for you. (laughs) Close your eyes. Remember the thing that you really don't like about yourself or the thing that has always stressed you out. Remember that mistake that you made that you continuously hold over your head? Or those things that you tell you were false, but in actuality, they really weren't. Someone's going to come to my rescue. Holy, without blemish, and free from accusation. This is how he sees you, because he created you to be in his family. So take a big, deep breath. And now hear the scripture, the the message echo throughout scripture. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, before you were even created, before you started making the decisions you made, he already had good works for you. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. And this one I just encountered in a new way recently when I was reading the language here. It's permanent. The old has passed away. The old is dead. It's gone. That's permanent language. 
And the new has come because that's what he does. He makes us new. And then Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that's just good. This is all because of the cross. Jesus' life and his death was all so you could know for sure you have an identity in him. It's time. <laughs> There's no button. There it is. Oh, you got me. Yeah, it always got me. Um, this is all because of the cross. Jesus' life and death was also you could know for sure that you have an identity in him. There was no other way for it to be ours. No other sacrifice that could have been paid that would have met the price. No amount of striving or goodness in ourselves that ever could have hit the mark. All the lies you hear, the things that the enemy whispers in your ear, the things that were spoken over you by others that, were, that are untrue, or maybe they were true because of choices you've made in the past, but the darkness in that will not prevail. In Christ, we are a new creation. We can bring our shortcomings into his light. We can confess and ask forgiveness and move on in confidence knowing that his promises are for us. No matter what, you get that second chance. You get that third chance and that fourth chance and on and on because in him, you are free from accusation. Like I mentioned, we live in this spiritual world, and there is an enemy. His name is Satan, and he is the accuser and deceiver and manipulator. And he will try to distract you and hold you back from the things that God has promised you. And he will tell you that you are undeserving and make you doubt that God is trustworthy. But he's defeated. He is the defeated enemy, and he holds no power over you, no matter what he says. That's what Paul is saying here. You are free from accusations. When the enemy sows seeds of self-doubt and says, who do you think you are? What makes you think you have any business doing that? Hey, you are definitely not good enough. Has anyone else heard those in the last 24 hours? <laughs> Well, you and I, you and I are holy in his sight, and we are without blemish, and we are free from accusation because of who he is in us and what God has done in our lives. We can say, forget you, Satan. Your whispers don't have a place in my ear. Amen. Thank you. That is really, come on. We can say that. And we can know it because it's true. I feel so passionate about this because I have lived this. I have lived with the whispers in my ear that made me think I wasn't good enough. That I had to work harder. Stepping out in faith was a paralyzing thing for me. I was afraid of what people would think or say, I desperately wanted to be liked. I wanted to be seen in a certain light. And not to say that I never hear these things anymore, because I do. But I have fought hard 
to stand in the light of who I am in Christ. And when I say fight, I mean abide in his presence because that's all we need. Abide and believe. And when I spend time with God and I meditate on who he is and I meditate on who he has made me to be, I can stand. His spirit transforms me and strengthens me and gives me confidence. Even when I've had to learn through failing, which I have, and I'm sure I will do many more times. His unshakable presence gives me an unshakable identity. And when I forget who he is and who he has made me to be, I don't stand a chance. <laughs> but I've done the digging to recognize when I'm operating in this place of defeat. And the more I spend time with God, the more he invites me back into his presence and I can align myself with who I say I am, who he says I am, and then I say I am. <laughs> I fix my eyes on the target. And then we reach the if statement. Let's be clear. What Jesus did on the cross sealed the deal. Done. That's it. But in verse 23, Paul adds this. He says, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Jesus finished the job. Jesus finished the job. <laughs> um, but it's our part to walk in it. And God's promise of our reconciliation to him will never fail. Let's try this again. You ready? God's promise of our reconciliation to him will never. Oh, okay. I'll take it. <laughs> we'll, we'll try again in a few minutes. Be ready. <laughs> but if we decide to step out of our assurance and begin to put our faith in other things, in other people, in other systems, strive towards things that we believe will fill the places that only God can fill or lose trust that he will, in fact, provide all of our need, needs, we do not stand in the protection of his spirit. Hear me, you cannot lose your salvation. But I look at it like this. I brought a prop. Right? If you have an umbrella, and you go all Gene Kelly, and you're... <laughs> and you're dragging it around and not standing under, oh, my now broken umbrella, so that's a bad prop. But <laughs> if you have an umbrella and it's raining, you have to stand under the umbrella for it to actually block the rain, right? You can hold the umbrella, which we all have the umbrella when we accept God's invitation, but if we do not stand under it, we are not established and firm, And then Paul ends his statement with this. Do not move from the hope. Do not move from the hope. God will not give up on you. His promises will never fail you. It may look pretty rough. We've all been through seasons of tragedy and disappointment and doubt. But he tells us, do not move. Do not move. So in this... There is one natural, appropriate response to this gift. And the answer is yes. 
that we choose him. That's really his only ask. Yes, I will stand under the umbrella that Jesus has handed me. I will fix my eyes on the target. Yes, that requires everything we have. It requires letting go of control, and I know some of you will cringe at that notion. It's a scary thought. And rightfully so. The world, while it holds its beauty, man, it can be a terrible place. But we already don't really have control, right? So why not put it in the hands of a loving God who can make beauty come from the ashes and who makes the dry bones live again? And in exchange for complete surrender, we are choosing a life filled with purpose, with a perfect, unmatched love, and with peace and hope that there is nothing out of control, even when it looks that way. Hope of the gospel that nothing will be left to waste. All of our suffering, all of our pain, and there's a lot of it. All of our celebrations, all of our dreams, if we choose to follow him, none of it will go to waste. He makes all things work together for our good. It's hard to say that because it's a song and I want to sing it. <laughs> but we sing it in this song. Let's make sure we actually believe it. So there's this heart change that we can expect here. When we experience transformation by this reconciliation, we get a glimpse of who God really is in all his greatness in all of his beauty and his creation, we are drawn into his presence. And the more we spend time in his presence, the more we get to see ourselves and others the way he does. Our hearts towards others changes. Compassion blooms. Forgiveness and grace flow freely. A freedom in living, knowing that God loves us more deeply than anybody in this world ever could, no matter what. The God created me, Amanda, who can be me and unapologetically be me because that's who he made me to be, which for many years of my life, I didn't even really know who me was. And the me that I did know, I didn't even really like. But we have been reconciled. And being reconciled is a freedom and a gift that requires a response. To stay on target, to follow Jesus and share his love with others because we live in a world that's filled with anxiety and grief and broken relationships and pain, and we are surrounded by people who are hurting. So Jesus calls us to accept and respond. 
So the one thing I want us to think about today is, are we living on target? Are we living a life walking in this gift? It's our move. The work has been done, and the offer has been made. We can live in the dark, or we can live in the light, holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation. So I'm going to close, but I want us to think about a few things and just kind of listen for God um, in this. So first of all, I want to start off by saying, if there is anyone today who knows they've walked in with darkness and you're not walking with Jesus, today is a really great day to not to walk in the light instead. So I just want to pray for you. Why don't we all stand? Let's all stand. Stretch your legs. Wake up. (laughs) So first of all, I want to pray for any of you who are with us online or here in the room. If you are one of those people who you know you're walking in darkness, I just want to invite you to say yes to Jesus. It's a good place. It's a safe place. He is trustworthy and good. And I would just encourage you to pray, Jesus, I've been walking in darkness and I need your light. I need you in my life. And I want to follow you. And he will always respond. And then second, for the rest of you, there was a word that was spoken earlier that I was like, yes. Yes, we're going to pray for that. Um, For any of you who have been experiencing shame, when you hear the words, holy, without blemish, and free from accusation, you're saying, you're near hearing, but not me. And I just want to say, today is a good day to shut that down. Because that is not where Jesus wants you to live, because it is you. It is for you. This is how he sees you. And there is nothing that will ever stop him from getting to you. Ever. Ever. 